Hello and welcome to Point Streak, a podcast where we talk everything gaming and the issues that concern gamers. We're all members and contributors at Enthusiacs.com. Thank you for joining us. That's E-N-T-H-U-S-I-A-C-S.com. I got it right the first time. <laughs> um, you, um, you can uh, follow us at, on Twitter at Enthusiacs and our YouTube channel, which Vernon is also just Enthusiacs, I gather. Um, yes. How do I'm, you spell the Twitter one? Uh, at E N T H U S I A C S. Right. <laughs> I feel like we should just keep asking him questions to make him spell it over and over again. <laughs> I've got I've I've got to get into the habit of spelling. No, how you spelled on YouTube? E N T H U S I A C S. Anyway, I am your spelling challenged host, Baron Fang or Jeff, and our guests today are our own Judge Greg. Welcome back back. Greg? Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm your host. I am the law. I am Judge Greg. <laughs> and uh, our own Vernon. Hello. I have my voice back. Uh, direct from the UK, we have our very own G-Man. Um, thank you for joining us at this ungodly hour. Good evening. And uh, a guest, uh, Daniel, all the way from... Um, I don't know where you're from, actually, Daniel. So you might. <laughs> Why would you start with that? I, I, I thought I could very quickly right-click on his name and get where he is, and then I realized I, I wasn't looking in the right spot. So, uh, anyway, thank you for joining us. Um, thank you for having me. And uh, like we do on all good uh, gaming podcasts, um, let's start off by um, by covering what everyone's been playing lately, and. Um, and Greg, how about you? What have you been uh, playing or not playing, as the case Halo may be? Halo 4, actually. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, I, uh, I've, I've had it in my Xbox forever, and I just finally decided, like, it's time to start doing it. So my wife went out with some friends on Friday night, and my uh, I put my little girl to bed at 7, so I just found myself with some time on my hands. So I said, it's time to sit down and play that. So I popped in Halo 4, and I've gotten about, I don't know, three or four hours into it so far. Sweet, sweet, sweet. I, uh, I got that as a, uh, a freebie in my, um, uh, when, I, when I got my 360, so I, I need to get around to playing that myself, actually. Uh, how about you, Vernon? What have you been uh, up to? I've actually been playing a little bit of The Walking Dead again, because I cannot help but uh, wait impatiently for episode four for season two to come out. Right. And also, I just finished uh, the entirety of The Wolf Among Us, and I'm waiting for episode five. Excellent. Excellent. Um, I, I'm just about to grab Wolf Among Us on the Steam sale, so... Uh... Do I'll it. Lo- it's really good. Yeah, I, look, I, I'm willing to to uh, go anywhere. Telltale's gonna uh, <laughs> gonna go at the moment. I'm even looking at uh, that Borderlands one, even though I only have a passing interest in Borderlands. Telltale, uh, I'll I'll give them a chance. Uh, just about anything at the moment. I just love Great. those. Uh, <laughs> just love those games. Um, how about you, G-Man? I've been playing Wildstar. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Uh, and still as uh, good, strong impressions as you had the first uh, couple weeks. Uh, yeah, I've only been playing it for about a week and a half, two weeks now, but I honestly think it's, um, I'm not going to say the curse, but I think it uh, really could go the distance yeah. as a subscription-based MMO. Yeah, yeah. well, look, it's, uh, it certainly looks interesting. I keep hearing over and over again that it's the MMO that we're, that is going to attract people who don't necessarily in the past have, have been wanted to play MMOs, and I can kind of understand why. Um, how about you, Daniel? What have you been playing? Oh, you know, I like to torture myself, so I play. I've been playing doing Dark Souls, um, and I've been trying to beat Last of Us when I have time. Oh, right. Okay, cool. Um, you planning on uh, doing Last of Us on the uh, on a next gen as well, or uh, or, or is this just uh, your first run through? This is my first run through. It's actually I bought. I didn't own a PS3 until recently, and I bought the PS3. Because PS4 didn't have Last of Us. I, I had money for a PS4 and went, uh, no Last of Us. Well, the games for PS3 are only going down, so I'm going to invest in this. Yeah, yeah. That's a smart way to do it, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, yeah look, I, I, uh, I, I've known some people that made that same calculation when, uh, with Assassin's Creed 4, and it's not like it looks bad on the old gen, you know? So Yeah, uh, get but it. it doesn't look any different. No, no. Um. And I, and uh, and for me, I've been playing uh, nothing but Warframe, basically, <laughs> just nonstop Warframe. That game has really got me. Um, and the Steam sale ma- has managed to, to ring another few dollars out of me for that as well. So, 
I, I don't normally like free to play, but they, I have to admit they've really got uh, something interesting going here. It uh, I, I could I could see playing that for a long time. I could even see maybe making the jump to uh, playing on a PS4 when I eventually get one of those. Um, well, let's get to our our main topic, which uh, this week is uh, violence in video games. Um, which is um, look, it's 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 never going to be. Uh, it's never going to be something that goes away. Uh, it, it's always going to be a part of games. It has been, um, you know, pretty much from from day one. Um, I just, I just, um, I just wanted to start off by by just saying the first time for me personally that it ever really occurred to me that a game was pretty violent would probably have been Wolfenstein 3D, and I mean the uh, the PC version from from the early 90s. That that was the first time I ever really looked at a game uh, when I when I had machine gunned a guy into pieces and realized, wow, that <laughs> that's actually quite violent. Um, in in your case, Greg, your 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 gaming history goes back almost as far as mine. Uh, what what would have been for you the first time that you really played a game where it it was uh, kind of really in your face how that that you weren't in Kansas anymore, so to speak, as well, far as I, violence. I really hate piggybacking off you, but like we're from the same era, so <laughs> I also was playing uh, Castle Wolfenstein, um, the like the the old school one. Yeah, and that one was pretty like, especially some of those guys like just turned into a literal pool of blood. Yeah, <laughs> and and like there was at one level where I ended up like I had a, a knife and there was a bunch of dogs and I knifed all the dogs <laughs> yeah. and you're sitting there after that's done and they make this horrific sound and yeah, like, yeah. I like this is this is pretty disturbing yeah. and then you, the... outside of that just so I don't immediately copy your answer I would say uh, probably bionic commando when Hitler's head explodes at the end oh wow yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that's uh, that, that's hard to forget <laughs> Yeah, um, so that's that's those are the two that stick out to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, how about how about you, Vernon? What was uh, was there a point where you really started to give it give it thought the first time, where you really noticed, uh, wow, this is <laughs> this is violent. <laughs> it, it wasn't in a in a negative way or anything like that, but uh, to my memory, I'd have to say Mortal Kombat. Yeah, look, and, and for your generation, I'd I'd have. I'd I'd have to think a lot of people would give that answer, right? Because uh, uh, really dating yourself there. Yeah. <laughs> Your generation. I mean, um, I don't I don't know whether you're talking arcade or not, but really, when you get down to it, the ar- the, the arcade was just you know, uh, uh, well, arcade was bloodier, I guess, but only because the con the home consoles hadn't yet caught up with the graphics yet, but the gameplay was still every bit as violent, right? Well, I mean, I played it uh, for the first time on a, uh, what was it, a Super Super NES? Yeah. Oh, so the Super I mean, Nintendo I mean, had, like, the, they would throw, like, snot or sweat or something would come off instead <laughs> of blood, right? Yeah, whereas the Genesis yeah. version had the actual blood. Yeah, no, I, that's, that's where I played it, and, you know, I wasn't allowed to, so, you know, I think once I went over to my friend's place, and he had it, and I was like, wow, I like this, and then never played it again. <laughs> <laughs> until until Mortal Kombat Nine came out. Yeah, yeah. They up to nine. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Actually, a- X is uh, is on is on the uh, is is what later this year. Um, we're seeing Next trailers year. for it, right? Wow. Yeah. How about you, G Man? Uh, what what was your uh, what was your first uh, unsettling experience with uh, <laughs> video games? Oh, I'd have to say uh, Sockham. So, really? Oh, yeah. I- I think, oh god, it was back when I first got my PS2, and there was just mostly dead bodies of all my teammates because I sucked at the video game. <laughs> I played it, so it was just whoa. These are lots of dead people because I'd only played like you know Kingdom Hearts and various Nintendo games, so on. You know, first time seeing a lot of dead bodies mm-hmm. in a video game. What about you, Daniel? You know, it's funny when I, I all I can think of when we're talking about this is it's not violent per se but it is the one that made the biggest impression on me was alone the original alone in the dark and alone in the dark 2 oh, those wow. are the ones that stick out as you know when i was a kid and you know i played the doomed doom 2 wolfenstein but the the alone in the dark the first two really are the ones that stick out for me yeah yeah well i guess what i what i kind of wanted to to tag on with that that question about um you know first first games that you kind of you know noticed were particularly violent were I guess the question I'm wondering is the, these, 
is the difference between then and now, are, are the games more violent now or are they just more graphically advanced or have they always been this violent? What do you think, Greg? Is it, is it really just a question of, uh, re I don't want to say realism because it, it's, it's really more graphics that I'm getting at, but is, are they really more violent these days or is it just more lifelike or in better resolution? Is that you know, all I would, I would say... It, that's, that's a very hard question because, well, my instinct would be to say, well, yeah, of course they're more violent these days. But then if you were to think, if you were to take Contra and make it a first-person shooter, you would have most any game that we play today. So I think maybe we're, we're just as violent as we used to be. We're just portraying it a lot more realistic than we used to. Yeah. What about, what about you, Vernon? Uh, is, is, it just the, uh, is it just the graphics from your point of view or...? I think I think it has to do with the graphical upgrades because we were we had that type of phones back then. It's just it didn't look as you know as detailed and stuff like that. Cause it, but it was it was the tech at the time. It wasn't just you know it wasn't that we lacked the imagination. I'm pretty sure that a lot of the stuff in um, some of the games we see today is just a translate a graphical translation. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, for pe for the people who had the vision but couldn't do it back then. Yeah. Um... How about uh, how about you, G-Man? G uh, is it uh, is it is it just the tools are better now, and that's why they seem yeah, more violent? Yeah, yeah, it, it's definitely the tools. Because um, I recently played uh, the new Wolfenstein, actually, and it really sent shivers up me. Some of the graphical quality on some of the stuff that you see there, like it really, uh, it's really really brutal. And it makes you hate Nazis all over again. <laughs> in case you went soft on them. In yeah, the yeah, yeah, just, exactly. just in case. Just in case you had gone soft on them. It makes you uh, understand <laughs> hatred for them all over again. But the, the the stuff that they show, it's very intense simply because it looks so real. Hmm. Uh, what, what about you? Uh, what about you, Daniel? Uh, I, I, I just remembering back to what you said about Alone in the Dark. That game was uh, atm atmospheric and violent, dude. But and that's yeah, and that's where I, I feel like I am again. So violence-wise, you know, you, you it's two directions. Like, you look at the, we talked about the original Mortal Kombat. It's hard to you know be much more violent. That still stands out as a pretty violent video game. With the you know the finishing moves and stuff, it's pretty brutal. And all we've done, you see in the Mortal Kombat, is it just get more and more. Gory and, and yeah. you know better graphics, but then you think of a game like Far Cry Three, you know, and you think of a game, you know, when you when I think of the violence there too, I mean, just the psychological violence that happened in video games, and I think that has increased. Yeah, you know, where they they put your characters in more psychologically damaging situations with the gore. Yeah, well, that's that's the point I want to get to later. Is uh, is the difference between just shoot 'em up violence and. Uh, um, I, I don't know, I guess psychological is the right word for it, you know, where there's a bit uh, more um, involved than just the act of killings, so to speak, yeah. and consequences. Well, um, we, we've, li we've listed off a couple of, uh, of, of the high-profile ones. Um, I'm kind of surprised nobody remember. well, maybe it didn't sell as well as I thought it did, but I'm kind of surprised Postal didn't come up with anyone. Uh, that, that one was pretty uh, infamous in its own way, and, and the fact that they used the name Postal um, and just kind of was underlining, <laughs> you know, what the game was was about. Um, just you know, v video games get a lot of criticism and uh, for for violence. And uh, you know, sometimes I, I look at it and think, is it is it out of proportion to the amount? If if you look at violence in video games as a percentage of you know all games, it, it do, do you think? Do you think that video games are more violent than other forms of media? I mean, for if you look at TV and movies, Greg, compare them to, to video games, whether you're just talking raw numbers in terms of ones that are violent versus not or the actual num kill counts or things like that. Are, is, are video games really any worse in, in terms of the violence that's depicted or the, the, the amount of it? You know, not really. I mean, let me just throw a couple examples out there to think about it. In just about any Stallone or Dolph Lundgren movie that I have seen in my lifetime, they have had a body <laughs> count when, if extended out for a 16-hour game, would probably rival whatever Master Chief could put away. Right. I mean, just look at Commando, and, like, thousands of people were killed by him in a 90-minute movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and TV, and Game of Thrones. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. yeah, that's that's really a three three word answer, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's all you have to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or HBO or any, <laughs> any number of other uh, brief examples. What 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 about for you, Vernon? I mean, um, uh, you, you've you've um, you've obviously watched a bit of cable TV and maybe even some of the shows that we're that we're hinting at. Is, is it? Is 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 video is video game violence really any more prevalent? Uh, if you look at it as a genre compared to other forms of entertainment, uh, I'm gonna have to go with uh, I'm gonna have to agree with Greg here. There's there's not uh, it wouldn't be fair to look at to look at video games without looking at movies and television because you know if that's that's really that's really um, that's really the point of <laughs> that's really the point of video games, isn't it? To to act out a a, a, a certain fantasy to escape for a little bit, um, not necessarily like you know pulling someone's arms off or something like that. But I mean, you see this, you see these uh these fantasies in movies as well. And if you extended them to the point where they where the time frame matched uh, a playthrough, a simple playthrough of a game, I'm pretty sure that it would be well, you know, equal and not more than mm. what's depicted in video games because you. You have you have to get through certain obstacles and stuff like that. And certain um, in certain games, you know, have you, I guess, you know, mow mow down plenty of enemies to get to your main objective, whether it's through portals or through, I don't know, sticky grenades. Yeah. But yeah, I think that I think that you have to look at you have to look at movies and television at an extended at an extended time frame because you know ninety minutes. Do, can't it can't stack up to you know a, a 10 to 15 hour game but if you extended yeah. that you know over the course of 20 hours that movie yeah i think i think it's i think it'd be equal well, or, let, you know, well let me change up the question a little bit um G, G man um is it is the reason that is the reason that uh, games get more attention? Is it the interactivity part of it? Like, uh, I was uh, actually gonna say that yeah. more or less. I think it's you know you're passive, you watch it and stuff, but you don't get involved. You just watch it happen. It's almost as if you're, you know, it's not happening almost. Yeah. But you know when you're interacting with it, you can't just ignore it. It's like no, no, I killed those people. I, I was the reason why they died. Yeah. You know, so on and so forth. You can't just, you know, shake it off, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. I I, I was thinking back to like you know late eighties, early nineties. Uh, lyric song lyrics. There was a phase there where song lyrics were getting a lot of at attention. Um, but even they are passive, you know, in in a sense. Video video games are kind of the, f you know, the first time that uh, that violence of of this sort has become interactive. And I and I think I think. Uh... In visual quality, yes, but you know, there's always their uh, board games and you know, yeah, and dragons. And yeah, yeah, exa exactly. I, I guess you could say that that was a way of acting out as well. But uh, when when one's, um, I, I I don't know, is it more acceptable if it's just using people's imaginations? If you go back far enough, D and D was considered <laughs> yeah, that's sort of <laughs> pretty controversial it too. Yeah, brought it up almost. Is that hmm. it? Also, was the subject of its own little witch hunt. Yeah, for it, uh, its time. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, funny that you, sorry. Uh, no, go ahead, Daniel. I was say it's funny that you bring up the witch hunt point, you know, because my wife uh, is an expert actually on video game violence and actually video game research in psychology. Hmm. And you know, one of the things in her research is, you know, if you go, you keep going back, we talked Dungeons and Dragons. You know, you we talked about music. Every Dungeons and Dragons, music, TV, radio, football. All of these have are going through the same stigma video games is really going through now. It's kind of like, you know, that witch hunt of the generation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you go back back far enough, it happened to opera. <laughs> it did. No. Yeah. Story. Yeah. Uh, some of those old opera pieces, like people threw chairs and they flipped out because the music <laughs> didn't follow the same, like the same method and the same melodies that they were used to, and so they were they spazzed out just because. Hey, the this the, the tempo of this music isn't what I'm used to. So yeah. I don't know. Does it's that make new video games and a problem? Does that, you know, are people and, and, a problem? And I, the, the final thought I had on the last question we had, um, 
you know, I agree. I pretty much agree with what everyone was saying. But here's an in- here's the interesting thing that popped to my head is you look at games like Spyro. You know, the games are made for the kids, and you know you're killing you know little things, and it's and it's in fun, goofy ways. But then you compare that to kids' TV shows. And there's nothing that really, at least in my head, that compares. I think of like Doug and Hey Arnold and things like that. And there, there's definitely a gap there. When you get to, you know, older television, mm. there's definitely, you know, what we were talking about. But the kids, it doesn't, you know, do you guys see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, sort of. The, uh, it, yeah, it's it, about as violent as Tom and Jerry, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. Yeah, I guess you're yeah. right there. I guess I guess you got me on that one. Yeah. yeah, of course that's why you can't get away with Tom and Jerry or the Looney Tunes these days and all the cartoons. You know, there's no dynamite and nobody has a shotgun and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the. I mean, the culture has changed. I mean, we've gotten a little bit more uh, politically correct. Yeah, I was um, going to say pussy fuck, but sure. That <laughs> we've got, yeah, we've got but you can't little, really say that in polite company, can little you? More, a little more selective about what's being shown to kids, too, I guess, as, yeah. as well. well we, we try to, and then we do we do these things where we where we do the bare minimum to to, yeah. to protect, but when it comes right down to it, the kid's going to get it anyway. And speaking of the bare minimum to protect, what an excellent segue into rating systems, Vernon. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Which, which I, I mean, look, uh, I, I, I think, I think any, anyone, any parent who's, who's serious about being a parent, you know, should be involved enough in their kid's life to have some idea of all the different types of media that they're enjoying. Um, I think these rating systems, I, I think about as much as they should be expected to be as a tool for somebody to to look at and just get a quick, you know, okay, well, it's got a G on it. That means it's okay. It's got a X on it. That means or whatever, <laughs> or maybe X isn't the right letter, but, uh, um, but really it's not a, um, it's not a substitute for actually informing yourself. And I think for too many people, that's what they think it is that just because these things have ratings slapped on them, that's, that means that that's the end of your, you know, having to be informed about it or, or just assuming that, or, or and 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 um, and we'll, we'll get to you because you've got some retail experience, Vernon, and or, or just assuming that you know the retailer are going to be the gatekeepers um, for you know yeah. for this sort of stuff. Um, uh, Greg, do you? I mean, uh, you you probably um, like myself when you were younger had some games that you purchased yourself, had other games that were purchased for you. Right. At what do you actually remember the first time that you actually ever gave any thought to the rating on a game? Jeff, uh, unfortunately, you and I are sort of in the same boat here. That by the time the rating system came out, <laughs> you guys were already we old. were already adults. Yeah, we were, we were already like old enough that we could just buy whatever game we wanted to buy anyway. So yeah. there really was no thought. I I have never once given thought to the rating of a game I was buying for myself. And I guess look, the next time you will will be when um, when your daughter possibly yeah. gets when, to the age where she when little Miss Judge starts asking for games and she wants to play Far Cry. Um, it's going to be a different story there, but and, and, you know, in, and in the I'm future, parent, yeah. But you know, that I just for myself, never once in my wildest dreams did I can I even picture myself looking at the the rating and wondering if it was going to be all right, just because. But by, by the time that thing rolled around, I was old enough to just buy my own games anyway. In the marvelous future, the 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 holograms built into the game boxes will you know have a an, an interactive. Uh, you know, person that can tell you whether or not, you know, this this game's suitable for your child. But for now, we have to rely on these uh, letters and number systems. Vernie, Vernie, you've got a bit of uh, retail experience. Um, without um, asking to peek behind the curtain, so to speak, were, were you actually like? Were, are, I'll tell you all you want to know. <laughs> were you like a were you like a liquor store or a cigarette retailer where you were expected <laughs> to actually? Well, so I I'm, I mean, sorry, like, were you expected to size up the credentials slash age of the person in front of you and say yay or nay based on carding someone or you know is that is that what was expected of you in that position? First of all, I'd like to point out that I used to work at GameStop, for those of you listening at home. Right. And GameStop is a pain in the ass, one of the most stressful jobs I've ever had in my life. But, yes, there was an, Ill- an illegal – because the, to cover the company's ass, that's what that's what they wanted us to do. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you weren't enforcing it and 
I think if you got caught or something like that, not enforcing it, there was like a fifty dollar. There's like a I'm sorry, not a fifty dollar, a fifty thousand dollar fine to the company. Oh. Um, so okay. like, yeah, like there was, you know, not only was there a threat to losing your job if you didn't, you know, get enough subscriptions to the Game Informer service or you know get enough reserves that week, but there was also pushing the the ESRB system because they didn't want to get fined. Um, so, but it was really up to our discretion on how we enforced it. And, um, I can't tell you how many times there, there'd be these clueless parents. And I, you know what, now I feel bad for them, but in hindsight, I'm like, why don't you just look this up? There's, yeah. the, in, there's the internet. Yeah. Um, the, the ESRB has its own website and its own like, you know, labeling system of how these games are supposed to be rated. Yeah. Um, it, it, it surprised me in the two years that I've worked there that parents just didn't know what they were buying their kids. Yeah. And, um, and then there would be those parents who didn't want to be bothered with me telling them about what was in this game and it being inappropriate. And then they'd come back really irritated or even sometimes pissed off and wanting a refund because it was inappropriate for their kids. Right. right. Um, and it's on you somehow. Yeah. Right. It's, it's all on me. It's yeah. all on me yeah. as, the, as the person who sold you that game. Yeah. And there's really nothing, there's really nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Well, G, G man, given that you're a little bit younger, it might be convenient to ask you um, when I know you, uh, I don't know how often you got into town, but when you did, uh, <laughs> Did, did did you did you ever have trouble buying a game that you would have like? Did you ever have the experience of trying to buy or successfully no, buying not a game? Particularly, generally you... speaking, I by the time uh, I was starting to buy games myself, internet the internet was pretty much starting. Amazon, that so on and so forth. Oh, games from there. so you it didn't... was cheaper, easier, and I got them. Yeah, no questions asked. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you never yeah. had to actually front up and and like prove. Yeah, I that did you it were... every now and then, but for the most part, it was never a bother. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I'm playing on PC now, so it's like oh, <laughs> digital distribution. Yeah. Yeah. No, don't don't care. Just just are you? Yeah. Just buy the game. Just don't, just go away. You know, I spend a lot of time on Steam, but I cannot. I cannot. I couldn't tell you if you asked me right now with a gun to my head, like a gun to my head, violence. Um, if you asked me right now if there was a rating system on Steam games, I don't think I could answer that. There might be somewhere. I just I think there is. I mean, some games will ask you your age. Yeah, oh yes, it'll it'll read your account. That's right. Yeah, it'll read the age you put into your account, and you know if they if they show you a trailer or something, you know how like if you go online and see yeah. like a red yeah. band trailer, they'll ask you for your date of birth. It does right. that. Uh, okay. Wow. So, when that happens, am I the only one who just says like January first, nineteen twenty? I've definitely I've done that. I yes. do the exact same thing. Yeah. I, you're throwing all their their marketing statistics off, Greg. They think that there's a hundred plus year old guy playing playing flight simulators. And I, stuff. Do, well, I do. Um, I do. I do it like a nine hundred or a thousand year old if I could. But, yeah. you know, I just not, I just slide that year thing all the way down to the bottom, and there you go. Yeah. How about how about you, Daniel? Uh, have Have you ever has it has it ever even occurred to you like? whether buying for someone else or buying for yourself, you know, whether the rating system was there, was there, is it ever been even relevant to you? Only once. I tried to buy Conker's Bad Fur Day at like the age of 12 or 13. (laughs) I don't remember how old I was. (laughs) And I couldn't understand why I couldn't buy it. It looked fun. You were a squirrel and that's pretty much all I knew. You threw poo or something. I was like, I have (laughs) to have this game. Mm. You know, and that's the only time I remember being told I can't see more movies than I got told I couldn't buy video games. You know, yeah. no, you know, I, I, I bought my own Resident Evil copies and, and everything else, you know, and I'm, you know, I was 12, 13, you know, so no, I don't ever remember getting told no, but maybe the guys at my EB games just didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, uh, as, as much as I, as I think the rating systems are, um, imperfect um you know it, it could be a lot worse it could be like australia where the thought police there just decide not to rate games and allow them for sale every once in a while rather than you know letting discerning consumers and parents actually make up their mind which i don't i don't get that attitude they'll do it for movies too there for some reason why why yeah. anyone would want the australian government to get between them and what video games they should or shouldn't play is beyond me but i'm sure it's not the un- only I, country I like that the criminality <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe they know from their their checkered history that they shouldn't leave the 
the citizens to make up this their minds for themselves but i yeah. i always found it puzzling i it's i almost disgusting quite frankly it is i i, I don't want to commandeer your podcast and turn it into like greg's crazy political rant <laughs> <laughs> but like at what point in time does you decide that like hey i as an individual can think better than the entirety of the population of which i represent mm. I, I just I don't understand that mentality, and I don't understand why they would just think it was oh, what, are they protecting the children. I mean, yeah, I, well, I don't know see, who the they think they're protecting. I, the, the issue that I have with this is that okay, you know, Australia has this thing where they you know they selectively ban stuff. I think they did it with Saints Row Four until they took out the anal probing. Yep. Um, yeah. And uh, <laughs> it was violent. Right. right? Was Remember violent. <laughs> uh, that, that that was, was the official statement, but. Um, but yeah, like they did that with Saints Row 4 and I, and I, I look back at my own experiences and I have to wonder, is this like, is that necessarily such a bad thing? A lot oh, in, I know I haven't interacted with everyone, but the majority of the parents that I've dealt with, um, especially parents and you know what? Some kids are smart enough to not to get their parents. They get someone else to buy it for them. Um, but uh, you know, the kids are always going to find a way around. And sometimes the parents don't even give a crap mm. about, about learning about the game and stuff like that. And they think that they, they think that by just asking the question yeah, that, okay, they're, they're good parents and they just give the kid the game and leave them alone in a room for a Saturday. Yeah. No, that that's not the case. And I feel like a lot, uh, it, it happened a lot more towards the end of, end of my GameStop career that yeah that was that was increasingly the case especially around holidays because they just wanted to get the the games that these kids wanted for Christmas mm. and it, it, it I, I don't know like <laughs> I, I don't know am I am I wrong for thinking that you know yeah I probably am but I don't want to jump on you here because all of a sudden this is going to turn into a, an episode of left right center which <laughs> FYI is an amazing podcast if you're into political stuff but <laughs> Um, yeah, I just I, I I'm very hesitant to, to let a government decide what I as a parent can and cannot buy for my kid and, and make decisions for me, because eventually there's going to come a time when it's something that's relatively benign and the government's going to screw it up and you're going to get a bunch of people who you know can't buy something that really they should be able to. Yeah. 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 Well, dude, I totally agree. I just look at I just look at the the, the amount of people who don't even care or and are absolutely willing to give up that right anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, changing gears a bit to uh, to No, we're talking politics now. <laughs> <laughs> Ch changing gears a bit to uh, to consumers that are, should be legitimately quote unquote able to to buy violent games. Um do, do you think that violence sells um, the, these various yes. controversial games that we, yeah, yeah. <laughs> these various controversial yeah. games we've talked about, like the Mortal Kombat's, the Postals, the um, uh, even Soldier of Fortune. I think that was the first game that was really notable for you being able to take limbs off and stuff like that. Uh, are is, is is violence a, a selling point? When you look at the top selling games, there's certainly you know a lot of violent games in there. Is is it is it easy? Is that why it sells, Greg, or is it just because it's? Is there something else behind it as to why it it it's relatively popular? If violence can be called a genre of games, and I don't think it can, but if violent <laughs> games sell well, what what is it that uh, what is it that attracts people to it? Is it just the violence itself, or I, I think people kind of they like that ability to be able to do these terrible things that you can't get away with in real life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when, when we were young, it was when mortal Kombat and the first time you saw a fatality and you're like, Oh, I can kill the guy at the end of this fighting game. Yeah. Like that was kind of a big deal. And I don't know if that's a game that really would have seen success. It had if at the end of the fight, the guy just fell down. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It would yeah, have been every, just another street fighter. fighter. Yeah. Exactly. Every fighter was doing that at the point at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I look for speaking as a, as a, I don't think a connoisseur is the right word, but somebody who's played a lot of fighting games, Mortal Kombat system was pretty unremarkable in most ways, except 
for <laughs> the, fatality. <laughs> the fatality. So you're absolutely right. There's no way that game would have got it the attention it did if it didn't have as much blood and spikes on the ceiling and pits that you could knock guys into and, and, and proper finishers. Now, uh, however, I'm going to just correlate that with uh, we are now in a world where there's a lot of violence in video games, so I don't think you're at the stage now where you can just get away with, oh, you get to kill people in our game. Yeah. You get to kill people in every game. Let's let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, uh, Vernon, uh, just just tagging off of that is uh, if if what Greg is saying is true, and I, I tend to agree with him that vi- just violence for violence sake isn't isn't exactly a selling point anymore. What is it the games have to do to differentiate themselves? Is it being more violent? Is it being violent in different ways? Is it being more realistic, more bloody? Uh, what is it? Is there is there something about violent games now that sets them apart from violent games in the past, other than just the graphics? You know, I'm going to refer to Mr. Beaton here mm-hmm. in his Slow Down the Violence video. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how um, L.A. Noir is two different games. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a, ga- there's a game where you are, uh, you know, a detective. You are yeah. trying to find clues to figure out, uh, to solve crimes, solve murders, arsons and stuff like that. And I, I really enjoyed that game because that that part that that game within the LA Noir box, I, I really enjoyed that because I felt like it was it, it was different. You yeah. know, you weren't just you know it, it, it was it was it was a, it was not new, but like it, it was it was different in the sense that that's all that I was used to were was the were the violent video games, and I wasn't I'm I've never been into to, to sports games, but you know that that's that's what I'm used to. And then the other game within the LA Noir box was. That, you know, that shoot him up, you know, he's got, you know, a body count in the triple digits by the end of the game. Um, <laughs> killing is not a sport for me. <laughs> Shut up. Anyway, um, so, yeah, like, I, I think that I think that it's something, like, as he says, I think it's something that we're used to. It's it's a habit and it's something that, you know, we have to slow down a little bit um, because using your brain is is. <laughs> it sometimes it can be a lot more fun than just shooting up a a, a, a bar of gangsters. Yeah. You know, and that, that was that was a big part of Ellie Noir that I really liked and I think that attracted people to it was that you know, you, you figure you figure out crimes not just by killing people, but you know, there'd be a chase scene or whatever, but like okay, you take them back to the station and you know, you have to carefully choose your questions based on the evidence you found. Yeah. And the actions they give when you uh exactly hand, yeah. hand them yeah. an accusation. Yeah. Well, G-Man, you play a lot of strategy games. Um, mm-hmm. I think all of them actually would be the best. Yeah. <laughs> probably the best. <laughs> well, way all it. of the mainstream ones. I'm sure there are plenty of uh, non-mainstream ones that I don't yeah. touch. Anyway, th- those are games where the violence is more at a distance. I guess is yeah, that... more of a means to an end. Yeah, yeah, it re- yeah, be the exa- best way of putting it. Yeah, means exactly. To an end. Yeah, you're not gonna like, to, you're probably not gonna sell more strategy games on the basis of how gory that ship explosion is versus the, <laughs> you know, the, uh, the previous uh, generation. No. Um, no, it's deeper mechanics. So, it's more or less the only way of getting. Yeah. Speaking so. speaking as someone who who doesn't play ne- nearly as many action games as, as perhaps the average gamer, um, do you think there's something to be said for games that have, you know, violence as a as a choice or a, a portion of, of the game uh, rather oh, than def- the oh, centerpiece? <laughs> um, I think my favorite gaming moment has to be playing Crusader Kings two and. Um, basically inheriting the French and Aquitaine crowns via multiple assassinations. But there's, there's fun. There's, it's a great deal of fun to engineer that sort of situation without going to war. Because you, right. uh, you, you end up in a position where they're like, it doesn't matter, I've won, and I don't have to go to war, and I'm going to get all of France as the Empire of Britannia, and it's just going to be amazing. Because... You know, it took me 20 years, but you know what? I didn't have to fight a war for it. <laughs> you know, so, uh, and it's, uh, in some ways, a violence is the easy option. It's right. much, much more difficult, challenging, and sometimes even fun to get what you want without resorting to violence. Well, D- Daniel, uh, have you ever have you ever played either uh, GT- Grand Theft Auto or Saints Row or uh, th- those sorts of open world type games? 
You know, I haven't played Saints Row, but you know, I'd be I'd be really sad to call myself a gamer and never played any of the Grand Theft Auto titles at all. They're amazing. Right. Stop playing. You, number four, you know, when they completely or is it three? I bet it was three because it's been that long ago when it completely became open world. I mean, that was the game to play. That was like a new generation in video game violence as far as three, you know graphics went. That was three. That one, yeah. Yeah. Um, go well, ahead. Well, is there something to be said for? Um, I mean, GTA is one of those games that you you hear thrown around a lot by critics of, of violence in games, and and the the name the name is it's one of those games that the name is just asking for it, you know. Like when you, when you call your game Grand Theft Auto, you mean you might as well just call it Murder Two, really. Uh, it's it, it it's kind of it's kind of or manslaughter or whatever. It's kind of saying uh, you know what the game's about, but I, I don't think people give it enough credit. Um, it, there's actually, and look, I'm speaking as someone who hasn't played it, but from a lot of people like yourself who has, I, I, I gather that there are quite a lot of choices of the violent option versus the, the non-violent option, and and that it it actually isn't necessarily always a complete gore fest or or, or frag fest. That that there are, particularly in the latest one, there are ways to do those heists and things like that that are actually lower kill count, less collateral damage, that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, I haven't played the latest one. I kind of fell off them, fell off it probably around four, um, uh-huh. mainly because I couldn't stay focused. I, I I have ADD in the game where I'm like, ooh, look, a bazooka. Let's go see what I can blow up. And then you <laughs> put it in cheat code and you blow things up for the next half hour. Yeah. But um, I have to say with with like when I go back to the ones I did play, I feel like they did actually push you to, towards a more blood fest mm. in some, some of the missions you just had like, Hey, it's going to the bar and it's, you got to kill this guy, but to try and kill this guy, you have to kill everyone in the bar mm. and survive the fight has been my experience. But with what the games you're kind of, that you're talking about makes me think of, of Hitman. you know, that game, t- you know, yes, you can go into that bar and kill everyone in the bar, including your target, but the game rewards you for actually only killing your target. And one of the most creative ways you can find either poisoning his drink or something like that. Right. So it, it's a game that kind of rewards you for not doing that violence. Right. Um, I find it interesting that more and more companies are, are making games where violence is 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 part of the uh, is on the menu, so to speak, but not necessarily the only option. Uh, one one of my favorite games last year was Mark of the Ninja, uh, which was and Greg, you've played it. I mean, there was some pretty violent stuff in that game, oh, yeah. <laughs> but you could choose to do a completely non-violent playthrough uh, for individual levels, sections of levels, and it, the game rewarded or punished you in different ways depending on what was the, I don't know, optimum uh, uh, option, so to speak. Um, I, I, I have to say I like games that, that allow you to make that choice. And I, Metal Gear, I kind of think, was one of the first that I remember. Metal Gear Solid, I think, was kind of one of the first that I remember giving you those options um, solid too. Yeah, two yes you're right um and it and it, it it you know it wasn't just it wasn't just for multiple playthroughs it actually it actually made the game more fun i found that not no, knowing that there wasn't just the one route <laughs> to succeeding in a level or a boss fight or whatever the case may be um and that gets that that gives me to the next question uh, I, I wanted to ask is um Something, something that I, I think uh, you have to give, particularly games in the last few years, a bit more credit for are consequences of violence in games. Um, this subject actually came up recently around Tomb Raider, um, and, and, and it got some criticism. I gather, and correct me if I'm wrong, Greg, I, th- I, th- I think you read a bit more into this than I did. Part of the setup for the next Tomb Raider reboot game involves... Laura Croft um, working through uh, in counseling what happened to her in the first game. Yeah, she's. I mean, it, it kind of sounds like this game is at least in some way. You no, know, all I've seen is the trailers, so yeah. who knows where it's actually going to go. But it's yeah. something that we've never seen Nathan Drake or Master Chief have to go through is PTSD counseling. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just thought that was interesting. I, it's not. It's not often that. Um, it's not often that you that you actually see the you know the consequences of violence other other than um, you know a, a difference in score or something like that. Um, an- another one that I think we're all a fan of, and and Vernon, I know you are, is The Walking Dead. I mean, the the choice, the violent choice versus the nonviolent choice in a game that is very you know very violent in certain sections. That's got a real outcome on 
where the game goes uh, yeah. from chapter to chapter, doesn't it? And it uh, does. um, sorry, go on, mate. Oh, okay, thanks. Um, I feel like if you whatever whatever you choose, whether you go to the uh, the the more violent route, um, I think there's one in particular that doesn't necessarily have an effect on the outcome of the game, but I think is pretty awesome. Is uh, I don't know if you guys want me to spoil it here. I don't know if you guys have played it. Um, the first one. But there's a there's a fist there's. Yeah, in the in season one, right? Um, there's in the in the group. Um, it's very heavy, and you can choose to talk the character down, um, or you can uh, fight them to get them to 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 get them to snap out of their stupor. Right. Um, and I, I just think that you know the dialogue options leading up to that, you know, it all the all the choices and stuff like that really, you know, are are, are very are very nice. And like I said, it doesn't really affect the um the the outcome of the story but i think it's i think it's i think it's quite nice that you have that option that you can choose to use your words um versus um versus you know punching that person into submission right right and yeah we, we obviously saw a bit of that in the mass effect series as well although so, sometimes it was a little more than a uh, mouse click <laughs> one way or the other uh taking the not the violent versus non-violent choice but uh it's, it's it's interesting because uh it wasn't you know it wasn't too long ago that um the the idea of any sort of choice uh versus violent versus non would have been unusual now it seems to be coming more to, they, they seem to be tying it more to the narrative uh that more and more um, that they would have in the past. Um, I, uh, D Daniel, earlier you mentioned um, research in um, to do with video game violence, and I'm pretty sure, Greg, that you brought this uh, article to my to our attention some months ago. Uh, it was uh, in BusinessWeek.com. Uh, it was uh, an article um, about a psychological study. Basically, the, the title was something, Video Games Don't Make You Aggressive, But Tetris Might. And uh, you'll remember <laughs> the, the, uh, the premise basically was um, mm -hmm. it's not the aggressive thoughts and actions that come out of the violent content of the game. It's being frustrated and bad at games <laughs> that, get, that makes people violent in the real world. To be fair, one of, my, one of my primary criticisms of the article is it only measured that response uh, immediately coming off of the game. Right. <laughs> there was no long term. It was so obviously if I play a game that's satisfying but violent, I'm not going to walk away from that game and want to punch somebody. But right. if I play a game that just glitched and ruined my autosave and I lost two hours of progress, even if it was, you know, Super Mario Brothers, I'm still gonna want to punch somebody in the face walking out of that. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I, I just thought that article was interesting. You're right. It, it was it was, you know, very much focused on the short term effects. But uh, it's it's funny for, you know, is there is there a man among us uh, who hasn't thrown a controller or, <laughs> you know, slammed I've head never down on the desk? Right. I, yeah. Yeah. You you know, I have to say for video games like glitch, you know, lose saves. I've quit more video games for that reason. Than I think any other reason. Usually I'm just like, nope, I'm done no longer picking this title up and i might not pick it up for years or ever again but back to the article you know it's interesting you know so many you know with as this becomes more and more controversy it's interesting the amount of articles that come out and i can't even remember half the ones my wife has talked to me about yeah but one sticks out because i'm a big starcraft fan i'm terrible at it but i'm a big fan you know it's one of those times oh do i feel like hurting myself today and making myself frustrated and walking away frustrated <laughs> well that's how i feel if i jump on the starcraft ladder but they, they took this and they took a bunch of people who don't usually play it and gave it to them. They found that yet, you know, they weren't actually measuring their frustration levels, but they're trying to measure if there were benefits. And they found that, you know, there were a lot of, you know, benefits. They were able to think more critically, things like that. So they weren't trying to measure frustration, but critical thinking and other things. And you see this more and more popular, like Lumosity. And Lumosity, anyone's seen the commercial by now if you've watched a YouTube video. Right. Yeah. So so it's interesting to see the they're finding so many benefits to playing video games. And they actually found if you're a person who plays video games and has a habit of playing a violent video game on any kind of basis, if you go in and play a violent video game and you're frustrated, you actually leave de-escalated, which is really awesome. 
and and de-escalated meaning more uh, like less less frustrated. Less frustrated, you know, you, you, right? You, you've taken your anger out on you know the demons in your game, and you're just like, yes, okay, I'm feeling a little better. So maybe if you're frustrated and you sat down and played Tetris, maybe that wouldn't be the best idea, <laughs> <laughs> best outlet for your frustration. Cool. Well, um, guys, I want to I want to wrap it up quickly. I just I just wanted to uh, to get your 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 final thoughts. Um, I mean, we when you look at uh, I was looking at the list of some of the highest selling games ever, and it's remarkable when you start to get up to that pointy end of that list. <laughs> there's some games that don't have any violence in them at all, really. I mean, like the Sims series and stuff. I I think I think the most violent. I I think the violence in the Sims is like. Uh, you know, when two cartoon characters fight and there's like a cloud of dust swirling around yeah. like a tornado, that's about as uh, that's about as <laughs> as violent as it gets. And Jeff, you know, not to cut you off, but mm. everybody has at one point put one of their Sims in a fence with no gate and just watched them slowly start. <laughs> <laughs> I was no, just gonna no, put them in a swimming I, pool and remove the uh, yeah. the ladder. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that. Or tr- put them in the house. Put a bunch of a. Uh... Ovens, uh, turn them all on, just watch the fireworks. Oh, yeah, and just get rid of all the doors. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what the fuck? Well, we're we're, sh- we're sharing a lot tonight. Um, I guess I guess my what I was getting at is that the, the game isn't inherently violent. Maxis yeah. Maxis made the mistake of of, al- of allowing perhaps mistake of of allowing people to get uh, creative with violence in different ways. But um, I, gu- I guess I guess what I'm getting at is uh, you know g- games don't have to be violent to be successful. Um, I, you know I don't normally pay a lot of attention to to E3 coverage, but the game that had me most interested was that um, uh, God I've forgotten the names that Squid that Squid Ink game. Vernon, help me out here. Squid. Oh, um, Splatoon. Splatoon. Yeah, like there we and, go. Thanks. And uh, look, okay, yes, it involves weapons, I suppose, but they're filled with you know, paint or whatever. And, uh, pretty, pretty, um, pretty G rated, I think as, as games go. And, um, and that was for me, the most interesting looking new title <laughs> that, that had come along. So you don't, I, I don't think it's necessarily the case that you have to have violence to sell games. Um, I, I, I think, I, I think I kind of like the fact that, uh, games that are coming out these days, um, so, sometimes it's a choice rather than, um, you know, a, a, a definite, um, a definite gameplay expectation, like in a call of duty or a first person shooter. Um, I mean, look for, for you, Greg, you, you, you've played a variety of games over the year. Is, is, is violence just a, is a violent game, just a flavor of, of games that you would turn to occasionally, or is it, is it lower down the list for you in terms of games you prefer? As as I get older and older, I would say the the action and violent content tends to be less attractive to me. Mm. Um, I find like the older I get, I, I look at games I like, and you know, I'm I'm drawn to games like The Walking Dead, where sure there's violence in there, but I would say the majority of the game is spent on puzzle solving and interpersonal relationships. And right. I I highly praised Gone Home, even though there's not a, a single confrontation in that entire game. And it's just as as I like I just get older and I don't really find myself drawn to the violence anymore. And even as I play a game like Halo Four right now, I find I wish there were fewer enemies between me and the next checkpoint, just so I could progress the narrative. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How about how about you, Vernon? Uh, do you find do you find uh, over time you're you're switching it up a bit? Are you are you playing less game violent games over time, or is it just more variety? I like a little bit more variety. Um, like I said, um, L.A. Noir was something different, um, you know, because I'm so used to the to the shooters and the, the, the third person, the first person, whatever. Um, it still had those shooting elements in it, but yeah. there was there. I saw something that I want more of. Yeah. Um, and Greg mentioned The Walking Dead. I, you know, again, you know, it's it's more it's a little bit more about you know putting the choice in your hands whether you commit that those violent acts or not or whether you're whether you're nice to a person or whether you're just dick you know it just it just it 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 matters a little bit more i mean sometimes the outcome of the story is the same but like it takes you in in different directions to get to that destination and i i like those a little bit more than 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 i thought i would and i actually um one more thing is i like to get more into uh more into those uh, those strategy games yeah. that uh, that that make you think. You know, I, I'd like to use a little bit more of my 
my brain. And sometimes I do like to turn my brain off and just like shoot someone with a fire spell in Skyrim. So there's that contrast too. Well, G-Man, you might be the opposite end of the scale. I might, I might suggest you might uh, need to play more violent, violent games. It sounds like you're playing too many of these, uh, these God mode type top-down RTS type games. Maybe you could, uh, maybe you could stand uh, for some me, more violence. Plenty of violence. The last multiplayer game I played, not excluding the MMO, it was. 1820, 1817 sort of time. Yeah. The game ends in about 1822. And we were like, me and my friend Gilius were like, just fuck it. I'm, we're just going to take out the Holy Roman Emperor Empire because we're like, it's been stealing my land in America. <laughs> because cause I claimed America, all of it, and, it, and they were taking land, and I was very annoyed with them. So we were like, fuck it, we'll just take them over. Mm. So between us, there was about three, four, four million troops, and we just chucked them at it. And by the end, uh, it was so destroyed that I think we came up with the idea that what must have been happening is they must have been growing up until 14, having kids, going off, dying, and then repeating because Jeez. we had slaughtered about six to ten million troops in our quest to uh, conquer the Holy Roman Emperor Empire. Well, I take back what I said. You you sound plenty violent, actually. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's like, you know, my violence is abstract, but my death tolls are much higher. Maybe, maybe you need it. Maybe what you need is a counselor more than, any, than anything. <laughs> well, uh... What about you, Daniel? Are, are you are you finding your your tastes uh, change at all with, with with age, or are you are you leaning uh, in in the directions that Greg and um, I mean I know I know for me I, I I'm I'm much the same as, as like Greg and Vernon I I I'm I'm definitely finding that uh, I, I'm liking a slower pace. <laughs> I don't I don't mind the violence, but I don't like the uh, I I don't always as much as I've been playing Warframe, like I said at the start of the show. Uh, that's a game you can pick up and put down quickly. I I, I kind of like a game that you can just slow down and you know enjoy the scenery every once in a while. I mean, I would say I haven't noticed any changes, but I've always enjoyed a wide variety of games. You know, I'll jump from a first-person shooter to you know um, a role-playing game, or you know. Um, the other day I was playing Meat Boy, you know, and I don't know if that counts as violence or just playing Goy, you know. What do you, where, where does that fall on that spectrum? It's, for me, it's just fun, you know, it's this, you know, platforming. So I ha I've just noticed less, which has been sad for me, you know. I, I find that I just, I'm, I find myself sometimes pining more to play than I actually get to play these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thanks, guys. Um, I, th I think we've, uh, we've talked that to death. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, without without leaving violence completely behind, I just uh, want to try out a new little segment here, uh, a high score quiz here on Point Streak, and it is tied to the topic of violence. And this is kind of just to illustrate how arbitrary some of these uh, labels are. Um, just a little multiple choice question that I'll that I'll uh, let let each of you uh, run past. Um, in 2011, leading up to the holiday season, uh, the good folks at Parenting.com did an article on the games, violent video games to avoid this gift season for your children. <laughs> uh, and it's a uh, it's an interesting list. Um, and uh, look, it's not that far off that you guys wouldn't remember a lot of these titles or ha perhaps have played them. Um, just a little uh, just a little ABC question. Um, which one of these three games is not on their top 10 violent video games list for 2011. Um, so we'll, 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 we'll read them out and let each of you uh, make your choice. Um, starting with you, Greg. Uh, a, we have Halo Reach. Uh, B, we have Fallout New Vegas. And in C, we have Dark Souls. What do you reckon was the one that wasn't on their top 10 violent game list for 2011? Oh, right. Uh, so I have New Vegas... Halo Reach, Reach and, and Dark Souls and Dark Souls. All right, I'm uh, I'm going to say that they they probably mentioned Halo Reach because oh, no. it's Halo, and then they they heard that. So I got yeah. so it's down to two. All right, so let me ask you: Are you are you being tricky with me and throwing something at me that was not released in 2011 holiday? No, no, no. Sorry. Yeah, no. All of these <laughs> games were released in time for the 2011 holiday okay. season. <laughs> so I, I don't have to try to timeline these in my no, head. No, no, no. So between New Vegas and Dark Souls. Oh, you know what? If if it made sense, 
Dark Souls would have been on the list and New Vegas would have been excluded. So knowingparenting.com, I'm going to go to the list of that. And I'm going to say that they had New Vegas and Reach on that list, but they did not have Dark Souls. All right, cool. So we'll put you down for C. Uh, what about you, Vernon? What is, what's your choice? I Little Reach, I was... New Vegas, Dark Souls. I was thinking about that too, and I'm like, I, I'm going to go with Dark Souls because um, – it kind of flew under the radar, and I, I don't think a lot of parents knew about Dark Souls. Cool. How about you, G-Man? Uh, pretty much the same for pretty much the same reason. I don't okay. think anyone noticed Dark Souls. Right. And how about you, Daniel? Yeah, I kind of feel like we're just going straight across the board here because that was my first class. I'm like, I didn't even know about Dark Souls when it was released, so I doubt Parenting.com caught on. Cool. All right, well, if we've learned anything is I need to do a better job of doing these quizzes next time because it was indeed Dark Souls. Halo Yay! Reach. Yay! Halo Reach, which which is funny when you think about it because in actual fact, it's probably the most violent of the three, but as Greg pointed out, Parenting.com aren't necessarily, aren't necessarily going to be making the decision on... You should have read what they said about Halo Reach. Apparently, Please tell me it was blasphemy. Please. Apparently, Halo Reach. Tell me it was blasphemy. The point of Halo. No, no, it wasn't for blasphemy. The point. Oh. The point of Halo Reach is is to put as many uh, pieces of ordnance through your alien opponent opponents as possible. Like to like to <laughs> blow up their guts in, in as many creative day, ways as possible. Which you know. I, I look. That I'd, sounds more like uh, a bullet storm. Like the yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> more like storm. bullet storm. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, think like, the creators of Bullet Storm read that and went, "Hey, there's a game <laughs> idea." I mean, I'm, yes. I'm not going to suggest that Halo is Shakespeare, but like that is such an unfair portrayal of what Halo is actually about. But uh, far be it from Parenting.com to uh, do do much more research than just the back of the box cover. Um, and uh, we'll just quickly do my old school recommendation of the week. Um, and this <laughs> this game doesn't seem inherently that violent, and unless you've played it, and then you can know how violent it can get. Psygnosis, and I don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, the Psygnosis game that put them on the map, really, Lemmings, which was originally on PC and Amiga back in the 90s, but it was ported to just about everything. Um, and actually, a remake was done for the PSP that ended up on the PlayStation Network. Um, I don't know how much are any of you guys familiar with the Lemmings? Uh, it spawned. Uh, uh, it was kind of a franchise uh, back in the day. Um, do you guys know Lemmings at all? Or is oh, that yeah, yeah? Oh yes. For, for those of you that oh sorry, go on. I was say I I've been di- I didn't know they had it for the PSP. I'll have to go get it. Oh. I've been dying for them to redo a new one for years. It was such a good concept. Yeah. It, it was a very unique puzzler that basically, for for those of you that don't know it, it involved trying to save as many lemmings as possible. Who they basically walk in one direction, uh, unless uh, some sort of obstacle gets in their way. You have to get basically them from one their entry point to an exit point or door of some sort, um, and basically all you have to yeah basically all you have to do is the ability to give individual lemmings um abilities uh, or skills uh, whether digging building blocking you've got a time limit um and you need to get as many as possible to the uh to the door i I, ba- I basically think for every level there's a time limit and a minimum number of lemmings to succeed these lemmings will basically if you don't stop them go right over a cliff um into fire like any number of things so it, it's been called one of the first like real-time strategy games because it did you could pause it i believe but uh it, it did work in in real time you, you had to react put a blocker lemming or a digger lemming in in the way and uh, divert the uh the lemmings who just go one after another uh to safety or to their death <laughs> uh, and for for a game that was pretty low graphics it could be pretty gory like i I, <laughs> you can screw up the game and and basically see all the lemmings uh, get pureed or blown up or <laughs> any number of grisly sort of ends, uh, but yeah, great game and I'm I'm kind of surprised that it hasn't had more uh, remakes. I I would have thought that uh, Lemmings would have been a natural fit for like Wii or Wii U or something like that. But then again, I don't know whatever they happened to Psygnosis. Oh yeah, Pikmin. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, perhaps Pikmin is kind of a, a successor to that style of gameplay in a lot of ways. But yeah, great game. And uh, yeah, the fact that it is available on PSN and probably, will, I assume, will be for the rest of the PS3's life cycle. Uh, yeah, check it out. It's, um, it's old school 
an old school puzzler that um, I really don't think has been done um, as well um, since then. Just a quick uh, plug for Enthusiax. Um, we've got a segment called The Attic, uh, hosted by our very own Dark Princess that uh, drops every Monday. The focus is, uh, as you would expect from a name like The Attic, on horror, in games, in movies, in TV, um, even scary uh, haunted quote-unquote, locations <laughs> around. Um, yeah, check it out. Um, I believe this week's was uh, about the uh, Friday the... Th- uh, yet another Friday the 13 remake. God and help the us. TV series. And the, t- yeah. and the oh, TV series. series. Oh, you don't remember the TV series, do you? Uh, yeah. I, I, Probably been around for it. Yeah, the, 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 the one that had nothing to do with... That was really more like the Twilight Zone than anything else, oh, right? It had Jack all to do with Jason. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, just basically uh, um, spinning off the name. I am assuming that the TV series is going to be some... Much like uh, the Bates Motel was like a younger version of, uh, of Norman Bates and and mother, I, I'm gathering that this is going to be some uh, older version of Crystal Lake or something like that. But mm. uh, it'll it'll probably just be the uh, the OC with a body count or something like that. Knowing, <laughs> uh, knowing, oh, you knowing... sold me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, I that. that was how they pitched I it. I don't so. watch TV anymore. <laughs> Well, well, I was wondering if Kevin Bacon's popular right now. Is he going to do an appearance oh, and redo his whole? <laughs> that's that that would be awesome. Anyway, um, thanks everyone for joining us. Thanks to Greg, Vernon, uh, G-Man, and Daniel. Um, you can uh, you can see more of us at enthusiacs.com, at our Twitter feed at enthusiacs, and our YouTube channel enthusiacs. Um, We've got a, a thriving forum community that uh, you can click on the, the header at the top of the site. Um, our email address for the podcast is pointstreak at enthusiacs.com, uh, where you've got questions, feedback, or suggestions for the show. Um, thanks again to uh, all our guests, and uh, we'll see you next time on Point Streak. Thanks very much, guys. Well, then. Thank you. Wonderful.